0: good afternoon traders how we doing who's ready to get back to the stock market movers i was out for a day and i hope that you guys were able to keep up with the markets without me but i'm back and ready to get into the show today let me go ahead and close up one of the videos I had open there and we'll definitely check out today we got a lot of topics to talk about We got UK news. We'll talk about China news. We'll get into Bank of America. We'll talk about Splunk, Continental Resources, Archadia Energy. We'll get into Roblox, MasterCard, UBS taking some shots out there on the overall market. You'll want to hear what number they gave on their outlook. Don't miss that. We'll talk also about Goldman Sachs downgrade on Open Door. We'll also Touch a little bit on the Kroger news. What do you guys feel about this for the supermarkets overall? And of course, we got our guest today. We got Sean Cruz, head trading strategist at TD Ameritrade. And then we also got Matt Venturi, founder of Clearing Bid. Are you guys ready to get it started? Let's get right into the show. Welcome to Stock Market Movers. I'm your host, Money Mitch. And let's see where the edge is today. There are three ways to make a living this business be first be smarter or cheat i can't help you cheat but i can give you the informational edge to help you succeed in the markets welcome to stock market movers all the market moving headlines and expert opinions every day they say money is the oxygen of capitalism and i want to breathe more than any man alive All right, team, how we doing out there? Definitely if you guys caught a big mover today, throw it up in the chat. Let me know what you guys see moving out in the market. Someone fix my camera a little bit so you guys can see me a little better. Let's get into this market and see what is trading today. Looks like the SPY holding on the gains right now, really close towards that 367. Can't really close above that. So, that's one level that I definitely give as acting as resistance, at least in the intraday action. You guys can also see this on the hourly action where you see that hourly resistance right around. Uh, You can draw it closer towards the bodies right around 366.96. So that just shows us more and more how it keeps fighting that 367. Was going to take a look to see if we crack 359 on the downside. We haven't cracked that. And 357, of course, an important price to keep watch. Um, Will we ever crack 357 again? Something that we can talk about. But definitely the SPY. We'll see what happens. Will we get through that 367 while we're on the show or... Will we start heading back towards support towards 363? We'll have to keep watch. Of course, opening price at 363.57. First, need that to hold for the Bulls to continue the upside outlook. All right. So uh, Daniel's talking about what are what use are these market moving, uh, market mover? The move has already been made and already late. How are you making trades on stocks? You are already late on. So Daniel, this show is about understanding what is moving out there and how you can make trades on these already is understanding the rotation. You're never going to understand the rotation until you see it already happen. And so what are we looking for? Well, we're looking for where the money is going to see if we can actually see a trend, not just a catalyst of one stock that's making a move up. That's what market makers Uh, and stock market movers is all about is bringing you those headlines that are moving the stocks so that you can go ahead and catch where the rotation is. And of course there's sector to industry analysis, right? And you want to be doing this so that you can catch where the moves are going, not necessarily where they are today. That's what the show's all about, Daniel. All right, let's go ahead. We'll see what happened. We can't time the market, but we continue to try. Well, that the truth is is that you can never time the market and one of the things the only thing you can do is try to get into the best probability outlook. That's another reason why we pay attention to sectors and industry because if you can get in the right sector that's making a move up and you can get into the right industry inside that sector, the hottest industry, well, you're going to have to take a look, but the majority of the times the probability of you getting into the green in those stocks It's going to be actually very hot. That's what it's all about. All right, getting out of the spy talk. Of course, there's a lot going on today. UK finance minister stepping up. Jeremy Hunt after this position has been cut about four times since July. And so it doesn't look like situations in England are getting any better. If anything, there's more conflicting news now from the leadership. And that's not what you want to see. But UK Finance Minister Jeremy Hutt scrapping the cut of the lowest rate in the income tax um, from 20% to 19%. Also, uh, they cut the dividend tax rate, the reversal of off-payroll working reforms, VAT claim back from tourists, and the freeze on alcohol duty rates. They also announced that the energy package designed to subsidize consumer and business energy bills would only run until April. Now there seems to be a big battle, of course, on UK Prime Minister Liz Truss as facing calls for her resignation from her own conservative party. And if you guys were taking a look today, there's more and more talks that uh, Liz should step down And now I think that you got to just continue to watch. It seems like the instability in England has actually reached a new level, and we need to continue to watch to see what happens. This was helping, of course, the pound today, but the situation in Europe is definitely uncertain right now, and for England, looking like financial instability. All right, let's continue talking about the China news also. And Chi uh, talking about here, of course, talking about Taiwan situation, uh, mentioning multiple statements out there, and so we continue to strive for peaceful uh, reunification of with the greatest sincerity and the utmost effort. Also stated, but we will never promise to renounce the use of force, and we reserve the option of taking all measures necessary. And so to me, this shows us more and more that we got to be careful what happens in the Taiwan situation. Of course, was stated here that they want a peaceful reunification, but they still want the unification. And of course, they also stated that the use of force is still available to them, but not what they're intending to. So we'll see what happens in that situation. And that's what always scares me. And I mean, I've talked about this. There's a reason why I don't think TSM is a good buy on these pullbacks. And that's because we don't know what's going to happen with that China and Taiwan situation. And in my eyes, I think that's too much uncertainty for me to be investing in this kind of industry. And even the semiconductors overall, that just worries me. Uh, It's big concerns, the chip battle that's going on here. And I feel like you're going to see continued battles. China also stated that they were battling in a tech sector and they they signaled that they want to win the battle in key core technologies. Of course, Xi uh, Jinping, president of China, stating that. And so I think that you're going to continue seeing a battle between China and the U.S. for semiconductor equipment. The technology behind it. And with that being said, is this a good thing for semiconductor companies overall? I think this is a negative as you're gonna see continued battles between companies and then also the licensing situation that we're already seeing present in technology. We'll see what happens with TSM and some of these other companies, but definitely it's a sign of concern um, when you're dealing with regulation control here in technology. Let's get out of TSM talk. Let's go towards the Bank of America earnings. So, of course, we're going to go to Bank of America here, BAC. Let's take a look how it's trading on the intraday after their earnings report hit the tape. Bank of America's earnings coming in here at 81 cents, beating the 77 cent estimate. Sales at $24.5 billion, beating the $23.6 billion estimate. We'll see what happens here. Bank of America got a nice lift, got above that 33.60, went up to a high of 33.87. We'll see if this can hold on the day, definitely getting a little bit of a spike back. And it seems like, you know, the banks have been trying to go sideways here. I mean, they usually do better with higher interest rates, but the recession concerns keeping them back. We'll see if this is finally a moment that you could actually buy up the bank's to me i feel like this is still a rally that i would sell but to each his own if you guys feel that bank of america is making a nice move here well guys keep on following it wells fargo also trying to make that move of course goldman sachs reporting later in the week we'll keep watch to see what happens in goldman all right getting out of that bank of america talk we got one more headline that i want to run through which is on splunk so let's go to sl uh sp LK here Splunk and this is from the Wall Street Journal as they're reporting that um and let me pull it up here they're reporting that Starboard Value it has just under a 5% stake in Splunk Starboard plans to push Splunk to take action to boost its stock price and I just feel like you know these are companies that I just wanna to try to avoid right now. I, I don't trust any kind of company that has to deal with subscribers right now. I mean, uh, software infrastructure names, I still don't think that they're low enough to go after, but to each his own, right? I've been talking about Asana and stocks like that. I don't wanna be going after these until we really get the turnaround because I feel like they still can go lower. And so we just gotta be careful with names like this. I feel like the, overall, these are the ones that get cut on spending often. And so I think you'll still get an opportunity maybe to get Splunk down there towards 50. We'll see what happens. Bouncing back on the day, nice reversal style candle on the daily. But as you can see, even into the intraday, it didn't really continue the lift on Splunk kind of dropped off right there off the, off the open. All right. Getting out of that Splunk news. There is some acquisition news out there and uh, we got some definitive agreements that are out there. So let's run through those first, those oil news. Uh, CLR, you're seeing up today a Continental Resourcing announced that definitive agreement to be acquired by the ham family for $74.28 a share. The tender offer would be approximately 58 million shares of common stock. And that's why you're seeing it trade kind of sideways. Nothing much going on right now. And they did get a premium, but it wasn't as big of a premium as you would think. It's only about 8% on the premium there. We'll see what happens there. Continental Resource. There's also LFG that's up big today and also trading kind of sideways off of another deal. Uh, Archea Energy to be acquired by BP for approximately $4.1 billion. Well, this isn't the biggest move there for BP, but I can't blame them for trying to take this. And you can see how it pulled back on the day, was coming back, and now BP trying to make a move back up. But I don't think this is affecting their price too much. They did get a little bit of a push up, but we'll see if it actually holds. Of course, they have a high market cap. Uh, BP, you're talking uh, market cap of $108 billion, and we're talking about a $4.1 billion deal. We'll see what happens with those stocks. Can they continue to lift and LFG Um, right now? Just going sideways. Not really doing much. Did get a little bit of a spike there towards uh, 2586, but we're talking about like a 10 cent spike, not really much there on LFG and it's going to trade sideways into the deal all right we'll get into Roblox when we get out of our first interview but let's get out of lfg and the overall talk let's go towards our first interview today you guys have seen him on before i'm happy to have him back let's get right to sean cruz as we get into our first interview today All right, Sean Cruz, head trading strategist at TD Ameritrade. Welcome back, Sean.
1: Hey, great to to be back. Thanks for having me on.
0: All right. Now, it looks like we're really starting to kick off a little bit of the earnings season. Are you concerned about this earnings season?
1: I mean, I think what everyone was looking at to start this earnings season was actually what we were going to hear from the banks and especially um, what was going to be coming out of those loan loss reserves, especially when you think about it, you know, early last week ahead of the start of of bank earnings, you actually had Jamie Dimon come out um, and and say he's seen, uh, you know, a recession um, on the forecast somewhere for the U.S. economy. And I think everyone took that as, well, he's looking at J.P. Morgan, you know, internally at a level many of us never ever will get a chance to maybe he's seen something, so I think there was a little bit of concern. over what we were going to hear from the banks, but by and large, you know I think the banks have, have come out and at least um, been ahead of expectations and the areas people were concerned about um, it really didn't show up as a as problem areas for the majority of these banks
0: now one of the things that td ameritrade does best is really focus on the trends that they're seeing in the retail crowd what trends are you guys seeing right now
1: so one there's still this this desire to go out there and find exposure and use some of these pullbacks as opportunities to accumulate positions um but just like you were talking about with a a handful of the names um out there i believe splunk was one of them where you're saying you know it's I don't know that this is the ultimate bottom or this is where everyone wants to come in i think there could be a little bit more downside you know i think we're seeing activity um that's consistent with that where there's maybe small bites being taken but you're not seeing a a huge rush in um to to try and call this as an ultimate bottom just yet but there was a little bit of of accumulation and it's consistent um you know with 3600 looking like it's becoming a little bit of an interesting level for the S&P 500 when it trades down there it seems to hold. And, and the more that happens, then that probably will become a little bit more of a, a level where people start feeling comfortable coming in and buying more. But stability at a given price level, I think, is really what the market wants right now. We're through the banks, but there's still a lot to go um, so far this earnings season um, from some of the big tech companies. You get Tesla out this week. Um, you know, Those are the names I think the market is really waiting to hear from those big uh, global conglomerates.
0: So what is next for the markets and uh, do you feel that recession concerns have actually been kind of more baked into the market?
1: So I think one where there is a recession of some sort baked in, I think if you get the, the notion from the market that um, we're going to get a more severe um, or a little bit more of a deeper recession, a lot more broad based. Um, that's where you're probably going to see that 3600 level no longer hold and maybe you you will get a a run down towards that 3400 level because there's really not much of a you know price levels in there that i think you could reliably say that would probably be the next support level um it'll be a a price discovery process on the downside if we do break through 3600 if this notion that we're going to get a pretty bad recession really start to to take hold as maybe a more likely outcome but for right now I think the market is is waiting to see and, and is going to keep track of incoming data, what we hear from a lot of these CEOs and management teams. But if you look at that volatility index or VIX, hovering just north of 30 here, it's telling you that the market isn't just a little bit uncertain. They're actually very much on edge and a little fearful of what is going to come out um, on the economic and the earnings front here in the near term.
0: All right, now with some more, what are some of the popular names that were bought during the period of September?
1: So it was uh, it was actually another another. Or you were just discussing that as the semiconductors. Um, I think it, you look at price levels, and I do think. You know a lot of investors out there start looking at price levels seeing how far some of these names have pulled back um, and there was a little bit of a, a head fake in terms of support levels out of nvidia amd intel um you know three of the the biggest semiconductors out there the only one you didn't have in that group was broadcom but when you you start to see all those names come back start hitting those support levels and that it is very similar to what we just talked about the s p 500 and 3600 being a support level that seems to be holding um, we saw that out of a lot of those chip makers where they were just hitting these support levels that appear to be holding up until we got that that added salvo of some sort of restrictions or th- this is maybe going to be the centerpiece in, in the next round of, of geopolitical issues in the back and forth that'll that'll surely follow that is what drove it down below um, those previous support levels that i think clients were looking at so clients who were going in and buying that it's going to be interesting to see in the the time that followed because it was sort of right at, after the end of that september period that we were keeping an eye on um, if they decided to accumulate more on those lower price levels or if that that new piece of information around these these geopolitical restrictions going on if that maybe drove them out of those names and they started to sell certainly i think that was a big shock though because you had those semiconductors down um, a pretty significant amount and i I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how investors position themselves moving forward Um, i'd like to look at the overall semiconductor index sox um which is uh put out by the uh, philly exchange but that sort of captures the the semiconductor um, industry as a whole that is also now down at some pretty interesting levels and i'm watching to see if that can hold Um, if so then you you might actually start seeing a little bit of a viable moment here um, for uh, a lot of these semiconductors
0: Excellent. Now let's go ahead. Let's do an interesting question that a lot of investors are asking. Where should investors start looking to see a turn in sentiment? Any safety out there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you're looking at, you know, where areas that people could go that that should be relatively safe or could be relatively safe. Although in a market where just there's just a significant amount of risk being priced in, sometimes there really isn't many safe havens to go to but you know i think energy is one area where there's still this expectation that we're not going to get this energy um conundrum we got ourselves in cleared up anytime soon uh you know winter's right around the corner you know we don't know you hope it's a mild one if it's not then you might see a spike in energy cost um you just talked about a lot of m a that's going on in the energy sector those things can actually be supportive of profits Um, profitability, cash flow, as they start to consolidate some of those operations, um, and some other areas are in healthcare, but specifically looking in like healthcare technology, which might take you away from the S and P 500 and take you into some of the more small cap names. Um, but that could also be a, another interesting area to go out there and look and see if you can find some companies um, who have been beaten down a little bit, um, and maybe themselves are becoming interesting acquisition targets because the markets put them on sale at you know half off and sometimes even more um those are some of the areas that people can go out there and and see if there's some opportunity to find some value in those spaces and then i I know you talked about um you know subscription services and that's spot on that those subscription services that are a little bit more discretionary um, are probably going to be the ones that go everyone loved the subscription model on the way up Um, now you need to find the ones that are a little bit more um discretionary, maybe those ones to avoid. But I've I've seen a lot of analysts and I think it makes sense you can look in like cybersecurity, CrowdStrike, Zscaler, um, areas where if if you're a company, maybe you're not gonna go out there and keep that subscription on, you know, something that's a nice to have for your tech teams or or whatever. But certainly cybersecurity, you almost have a legal mandate to keep uh keep that uh, you know be very much on top of that and keep a lot of resources going there. So that's another area I've heard a lot of analysts come out and and say could be an interesting spot to go look for, too.
0: Definitely a great answer there. And I think it's important, right, looking at businesses to see if they are recession proof, right? What would happen to them if they get into worry here? Uh, Last question I have is just a little bit more of a fun one here. I wanted to tell you about how do you feel about the recently announced uh, Jim Cramer inverse ETF?
1: i mean there's actually been a lot of new products um that are that are being brought to market in the uh, the etf um in the etf marketplace lately I, you know i think it's always important it, whatever the theme is whatever the you know the 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 sort of design is behind that product just make sure you know what's in it <laughs> is always what i tell people you know maybe it is it' the inverse kramer etf probably has a lot in common with shorting the nasdaq 100 or something like that so it's really going in there thinking about what the fees are um think about what you're paying for what you're getting what actually goes into that how often are they rebalancing are they every time he's on he's on tv multiple times throughout the day so if he comes out and says he likes the name in the morning and then doesn't like it in the afternoon are you trading twice in the same day in that ETF. There's a lot, I I think, uh, you know, in the details for any of these, these products that are coming out that you want to just make sure you're, you're in the know about.
0: Well, like always, I'm sure you'll be helping uncover that for the retail environment out there. Thank you, Sean Cruz, head trading strategist at TD Ameritrade. We'll always have you back on, Sean. Appreciate it. All right, there you guys have it. First interview done, and I think it's an important thing definitely to keep watch and look into those kind of, especially the inverse ETFs. They're a little bit complicated, and you got to see how the positions are placed. But thank you, like always, Sean Cruz joining me today. Let's continue with the headlines that are in the market. We've talked already about UK. We've talked about China. We've gotten into Bank of America, Splunk, and some of the oil acquisitions out there let's go to roblox today as they came in with surprising news and definitely getting some lift let's take a look rblx boom nice little raise got up there to 4305 above that to a high of 4358 and this was all after the shares are trading higher after the company reported september 22 key metrics daily active users were at 57.8 million up 23% year over year estimated bookings were between 212 million and 219 million up 11 to 15% year over year. This showing us there that Roblox continuing to grow, of course, their daily active users, which is one of the most important kind of thing to keep watch, right? Can they keep growing? If this slows down, That'll show that their growth is slowing down and they're definitely getting a little bit of a pushback. Um, one of the things that I would say is you can see this company has been all over the place. Will it actually start closing above 50? That's what I'd be watching. You're getting close to the 200 day moving average up there towards about 45. It's at 44.93. We really need it to get to 45 and 50 for us to start turning around the story. But this did help stocks like Snow get a lift today. So Snow, we talked about it in the pre-market that this could get a lift off of this Roblox news. Also Unity, and they're both getting some lift today, having a great day there. So always think about not only the stock that trades with it, but also certain stocks that have relationship that are very close. Roblox, Unity, Snow trade really close together. You're seeing some good lift there from, from the Roblox key metrics announcements all right let's keep going let's get to the next one we're going to talk about mastercard as they're launching a program with paxos a crypto trading platform that already used by paypal but what are they doing well they're going to banks and trying to get them to join in and of course what a bank site is the most important thing for them well regulatory compliance and security and that's what MasterCard will be providing here for the banks that join in on the program. So you can see MasterCard today getting a little bit of a lift on that news. It's not a bad news at all. Uh, providing more services will definitely be a good thing. Now, the only question is how secure will those regulatory compliance and security uh, needs be? And of course, it's going to be a lot on depending on Paxos and that crypto trading platform. But we've all seen the concerns that have come from crypto trading platforms. And I would also be concerned about Paxos just because it falls under that belt, right? I haven't found one that I'm not concerned about. So I'm not sure about MasterCard in this situation. But at least for me right now, it is getting some lift. And MasterCard has held on compared to other companies, right? Like Visa. Uh, Visa's held on also trying to bounce back. But look at Square and look how PayPal just completely got destroyed. Those will be my signs of concern. But, of course, Visa and MasterCard kind of holding on here. All right, getting out of the MasterCard talk, we'll get into a couple of other conversations. I want to get into what was hot today and what was not. This is where we talk about the sectors that were into the green And, of course, what wasn't hot, what was actually in the red today. And you guys can see here right off the bat, there's nothing in the red from the open. But there are some leaders out there. Consumer cyclical getting some big up move. And we can take a look at what sector was leading. It looks like department stores getting a good push today. Kohl's getting some lift. Macy's getting some lift. Look at Dillard's with an 8.59% day getting some lift there in Dillard's and holding on here with the department stores having a hell of a day. Specialty retail also having a good day today. Amazon bouncing back there. Baba bouncing back. JD looks like even the Chinese stocks are up today. AZO getting a little bit of a bounce back, starting to fill in some of that earnings gap. And it is starting to come back there. starting to push towards the 2,300. I was wondering if it'd get back to that gap. Well, you're right back in there and starting to come back up. We'll see what happens there in AZO. And of course, every time it's been going down towards that trend line, it's been bouncing pretty well on AutoZone. All right, continuing going with the trends that are out there. Let's look at some other ones. Auto manufacturers getting some lift here. Tesla up 7%. Really good day there gm also up on the day uh forward up on the day and so we've got to keep watch to see what happens to tesla later in the week that's going to be very important of course earnings coming out so we'll see what happens there in the auto manufacturers communication services doing well of course uh some of the income stocks take a look at verizon at&t getting a little bit of a bounce there Uh, even t-mobile getting a little bounce but these are not really names that i trade too often let's go to technology as they're getting a lift of course nvidia up 5.6 percent a lot of these companies getting some push off the ground um, off the support and we'll see if they're able to keep holding if you take a look microsoft coming back towards of course the 240s that would be a good outlook but it has been in the red for a while meta 5.7 percent day these are what we call the little rallies back but will they hold i'm keeping a close eye on the spy we really need to kind of close past going towards that 368 if not we could crack towards the end of the day it has been holding green today the question is will it hold towards the end of the day all right like always if you guys have stocks that made a big move or on your radar throw it up in the chat and definitely smash that thumbs up All right, let's continue going. What kind of didn't lead down, but was the least of the strength? And we're going to look at defensive names. And defensive names necessarily didn't go down today, but they just didn't move as fast as, let's say, consumer cyclical. And that's kind of normal. But Walmart, a good note today. Nice little move back up there. PG, catching a little bounce. This is one thing that we got to keep watch. Will they keep selling off value or will value finally start catching the bid? Pepsi kind of led that bid last week, was starting to push up, pulled back. Now let's started to see the push back up towards the upside. We'll see if Coke can continue also starting to push back through 56. we got to keep an eye out to see what happens on these defensive names. Will they start coming back? And some of these values, these value names really get some lift. That's what I'm keeping an eye out on these consumer defensive names. Financial services starting to get a little bit of a push. Energy into the green today was keeping an eye out on like an XOM to see if it could close back above 100. And there you see it. We're fighting through that 100 today. Fought through it in the pre market, got above it, now holding on the pullbacks. Needs to keep holding 100 now. I'm going to keep watch on ExxonMobil. If it can hold 100 here, take out the 102s going towards the 105. We'll see if we get a new alt at least 52-week high for ExxonMobil. All right, continuing here, like always, hit the thumbs up. If you guys are enjoying today's show, we're going to keep going. Now we're going to take a moment here for a Benzingo Pro promo, and we'll be right back to continue with some headlines. We've still got some UBS, Barclays calling out uh, their new uh, S&P Outlook. You're going to hear this, and it was surprising to me, so just stay tuned. We'll talk about it right when we return. Introducing portfolio synchronization with your brokerage. Now you can securely connect your brokerage account to Benzinga Pro, opening a world of personalization. Screen lightning fast news just for the stocks you own. Set alerts for news catalysts that affect only the companies you care about. It's all possible with a simple click and a secure protective connection. Overcome uncertainty and connect your portfolio to Benzinga Pro today. All right, let's continue here. and We got some news coming out of UBS and Barclays as they're going to go ahead and step up to the plate here. They're saying that UBS and Barclays are still not calling the bottom even after 2022 steep losses and extreme volatility. They say that they see the S&P 500 hitting 2,982, so that's about 298. For the SPY, do you guys see that they could get it down that low? I mean, that's significant. That's a that's a big call. You're talking about down to here on the, the uh, S&P 500 and the SPY getting down there towards 298. Man, that would be a big move down from here. We're talking about... Let me just try to get this right here. Um, we're talking about... Close to 22% down, further down, they see it, UBS and Barclays. Of course, Jamie Dimon from JPM uh, stepping up and saying 20% down further. Well, it looks like uh, if that does happen and we get into that extended recession, you got to be concerned. Of course, they said this, despite the increased risk to growth and the rise in volatility, equity markets have neither become cheaper relative to bonds nor yet priced in material slowdown in growth and earnings. So they see the slowdown coming. They see recession concerns. We'll see what happens there. In, of course, the SPY and to see if UBS or Barclays get it right. Let's go to some other headlines out in the market. Of course, let me know if something caught your attention. I know that outlook definitely caught me by surprise. Well, let's go towards open door as that is getting a ratings change here. Goldman Sachs downgrading open door technologies to sell and lowering price target to two dollars. This is definitely not what you wanted to see. Of course, this stock came through SPAC and was a big player in the pandemic, was getting big spikes. I remember this. This was in 2020 in August, and it made a huge run going into uh 2021 and then. Since then, since that February time in 2021, we've been on a straight downturn in open and it did spike right before uh, kind of the beginning of this year and then right back down. So you got to be careful in these names. Zillow also losing a lot down towards 2842 could eventually break 20 and break the pandemic low. Not what you want to be seeing in housing. And I definitely want to be careful with these names because I don't think they're coming back anytime soon, especially with the high interest rates that we have right now. It's going to be trouble for Open. Will they be able to hang on? That's a concern right now. I think you could potentially see Open leave the door. We'll see what happens. It's it's going to be trouble right now. $2 Outlook. Will they have enough cash? To make it through this environment, it's a trouble outlook. Earning stocks this week is definitely important. We're gonna talk a little bit about some of these earning stocks. We can take a look at the earnings calendar. If there's a stock that's on your radar that's up on this calendar, throw it up in the chat and I'll make sure that we touch it. All right. Of course, uh, there's some big earnings tonight. You're gonna get, you know, Lockheed Martin. Uh, you'll get some banks to come through. But tomorrow, before the open, we start really getting things moving. We'll be getting Albertsons, Johnson and Johnson to get moving. Hasbro, and then of course, after the close, we really start our earnings call outlook here on Benzingo. We're going to be having these earnings calls. So you don't want to miss it team. Want to see you guys at these earnings call and then have a chat with me. Let me know what you guys see in the action. Uh, of course, on these earnings call, we got Netflix after the close on Tuesday, United airlines is a lot going on, especially we really kick it off after the close on Tuesday. Then, before the open on Wednesday, you got PG travelers, a lot going on there, Ally, um, a, a lot Advance health. Um, we got a lot Abbott labs that we'll be reporting. And then Wednesday, Tesla, 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 bouncing back today, getting a little bit of a bounce back. Will this continue to hold? Of course, it's right off the support, going to be an important earnings report for Tesla. Will the generals get hit? We've already seen Tesla come down, Apple come down. Now it's just going to be about their earnings. Will their earnings come in? Will they beat and get some lift, or will they get hit hard on Apple and Tesla? All right, getting out of the earnings stock this week. We can keep talking if you guys have any of these that are catching on here. Looks like we do got some in the chat, so I'll go through some of these. Let's take a look. At Lockheed Martin, it's been trying to hang on to the 391, actually have a support. Maybe we can draw it down to 390s here, and it's been holding on. It's been this kind of sideways here. Now, will it actually bounce back towards the 410, or will it start cutting through and getting towards the 370s? Of course, in this environment, I could see maybe a little bit of a bounce back. So I think you got to wait and see, of course, if it does crack below, let's say through the 380s. Well, then I'd have to go, but if it makes a move back into the 400s, it's going to be a truly interesting kind of trend. You want to make your way back towards the top of the trend line. Of course, right now you're on the support, so you're looking for a little bit of a spike up towards maybe 410s, 413s, and then making your way back through this weekly high, weekly high of 418 going to be vital if you're going to make your way back towards the 420s and the 422 running into the trend line expi all right let's take a look there expi uh this one's trying to make a comeback expi trying to bounce off of that near ten dollar level there's not much going on in this one though it's just kind of sideways kind of slow um, methodical movement but until it really gets back through i would look through like kind of weekly highs then you're just not paying attention to it so right now to me at least on the bull side, 13.03, 13.02. You need to get back through 13 if you're going to start seeing a trend change in this one. And it's just been downtrending for about almost a year now. So you got to be careful there in that EXPI, especially real estate services, I'd be concerned. All right, we'll see what else is going on in the markets. Of course, uh, there's going to be a lot of earnings report that shake up things. Um, one that's going to be really interesting to kind of watch will be the Snapchat as Snap, of course, uh, when they report, you get meta to move off of it. You get a couple of stocks to move off of it, Pinterest even moving off of it. So we'll see. Will Snapchat be able to hold on? I mean, this one was a battle. It eventually went down there towards around $5.00 and then bounce back all the way above 70. Now it's towards $10 again. What a wild ride it's been for Snap. And what a roller coaster from that $5 kind of 2019 time towards where we are now. Back towards 10 after hitting above 70. And this one's just been out of favor. And I think until they change something with their business model or get some more money in their ad revenue, I don't see things pointing towards the upside. But they got to innovate. And that's the important part. We'll see what happens there in Snap. Last one. Let's take a look at the overall market before we get into our next interview. How are we doing right now? looks like we're trying to hold that 367. Every time we've got up here, we've gotten a couple of wicks. Maybe this hard body that kind of got up there towards 367.84, but not been able to hold on the day. Will we take that next leg? Let's keep a watch towards the end of the show. Apple having a good day. Microsoft leadership. Overall, it's a really good day for the market right now. A lot of stocks are up and holding their gains. Now, can they continue? It will be the question. All right, let's get out of the earning stocks this week. Let's t- let's get into our second interview today. Like always, we're going to keep trying to get through all the earning stocks. So stay tuned. We'll be talking about all these stocks this week. Let's get out of that. Now, let's go towards Interview today. Let's pull off this and get right into our interview. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get Matt Venturi, founder of Clearing Bid, on today. How are we doing, Matt?
2: Good, Mitch. How are you this morning?
0: doing great welcome to the show let's first talk a little bit about clearing bill uh clearing bid tell me a little bit about yourself and how you were how you founded clearing bid and what does it do
2: well great thanks very much thanks for the opportunity to uh uh be with you here today um my background is i'm a wall street veteran spent a lot of time uh all on the south side uh starting in uh with merrill lynch in a rotational program became a broker for a couple years while going nyu business school at night moved down to the syndicate desk on the debt side with Merrill left, joined Smith Barney in their investment banking area and spent, uh, 12 years doing, uh, industrial calling and financial structuring and, and, uh, a new issue underwriting, uh, among other things, went off on my own to establish a boutique investment bank for a few years, and then ended up at Houlihan, Loki, Howard and Zukin, where I helped build up their investment banking efforts. But this collective, uh, experience over the years really, uh, initiated a an effort to want to go out and do something different that would really take advantage of the sales network out there that brokers offer but be able to essentially in many respects democratize this whole ipo process to make it available to all so we we built clearing bid as a way to effectively have a network that opens investing to all and leverages the same uh order entry protocols as a secondary market but allows uh, advisors and brokers on behalf of their clients who are they're doing the, the uh, KYC and suitability testing to be able to seamlessly put orders in for new issues and have uh, an equal footing to the big institutions that historically have had the advantage here.
0: Perfect. So how does it differ than just, let's say, buying an IPO that went public?
2: Uh, well, typically when an IPO uh, gets priced, in many cases, you, you see them trade up uh, in, in the opening trade once they're uh free to trade and, and and break syndicate in the secondary market in this case uh the investors are able to put their orders in through the brokers the brokers authenticate these orders uh these are good till canceled orders until the pricing takes place and then once the pricing takes place if if the bid that the investor puts in through uh, his or her broker is in the money it's at or higher than the price at which the offer gets priced they are going to be entitled to a fill it may not be a hundred percent fill Uh, It'll be dependent upon the timestamp of the priority during which those orders come in, but the earlier orders get a higher allocation, the later orders get a lower allocation, but they're able to get the print or the the offer price, uh, the price at the offering of the IPO. So not in the secondary market, not when it trades up, but on the initial IPO pricing
0: yeah i mean this is definitely going to try to improve on the inefficiencies that we've been seeing in the process right for whether it be the pricing allocations of ipos and i mean we went through a, a big SPAC boom there that was another situation let us know how is this really going to improve the process for the investor
2: well right now probably 95 percent of the market is excluded from this uh Typically, the large uh, underwriters are favoring the larger institutions who designate the underwriter to get the selling concession, essentially, in exchange for allocating them the securities. And the amount of securities that typically get allocated are less than what a number of these institutions would like to have at the end of the day. And consequently, they're under allocated, uh, tends to be underpriced, and uh, there's a lack of broad distribution. So in our case, Mitch, what we're really saying is, hey, look, Every account, just like the secondary market, has equal footing. There really shouldn't be any discrimination between a retail or institutional or large cap, small cap uh, account. Every account and every um, um, uh, investor on the secondary market has an equal footing. What it really comes down to when the price is the same, the size of the offer is the same, it comes, the bid the same, comes down to the timestamp. So again, we follow the principles and our algorithms in terms of who gets allocated how many shares. Again, everything in the money gets allocated some fill but it's predicated upon the timestamp. And so in our case, we're just saying, hey, look, follow the same secondary market order entry principles, follow the same settlement and delivery principles and do exactly what the secondary market does millions and millions of times a second virtually uh, for IPOs and open it up to the broader universe who really want to buy, own, and hold these securities from the first day out.
0: So how will this change in the future? Um, are you looking to for this to get kind of picked up more often and, and of course uh, you guys do it right now but do you think that this will be kind of actually a feature that gets implemented with brokers and, and partnerships expanded
2: yeah i think you know i i call the the broker community my peeps because i spent time in the sales side which was unusual because most people in investment banking who've gone through the syndicate and investment banking route never had the chance to do that and i i think being in the trenches and understanding you know what it takes to build assets assets under management client retention and that wholesale side. And, and the business has migrated more into an asset management fee versus you know commissions. But at the end of the day, you know, you're out there, you're 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 working with your clients to really do what's in their best interest to try to create the diversity and and opportunities for growth and 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 wealth building. And so our intent intent is to really leverage that distributed sales force, I, I like to call them, uh, over 600,000 brokers and RIAs that are uh, completely excluded from this process and be giving uh, them the opportunity to uh, be able to utilize this platform, just like they enter orders through their order management system, whether it's through a Schwab or Fidelity or Stiefel or Wedbush, it doesn't matter. Uh, the brokers know how to submit orders. Uh, those orders get cleared through their, their firm, clearing firm or affiliated firm. And we're just saying, hey, look, let's do the same in the primary market and give these people that give this constituency a, a new issue solution that they don't have today.
0: Well, I'm sure I speak for many that we definitely want an even playing field. So I appreciate you battling for us, Matt. Now, the last question I have for you is on the IPO market overall. Of course, we've had a struggled time in 2022. How do you think that we'll start moving forward, moving into 23?
2: Yeah, it's a good question mitch i you know don't have the crystal ball but at the end of the day you know the question comes up well this is kind of bad timing because the ipo calendar is light and that's true uh but in reality there's going to be a continuing need for growth capital there's going to be a continuing uh demand for uh, uh uh price you know price efficiency here and our ability to cast this wide net to allow this greater participation is going to effectively allow issuers to be able to put securities in the hands of the investors that want to own them, but also in a very competitive basis. So over time, say going into 23, I believe that there will be a continuing need for capital formation, and that whether it's equity IPOs or it's debt, whether it's taxable or tax exempt, you know, all these issuers are looking for uh, better execution practices And the ability to do that with a broader participation with this price discovery and and ubiquity in terms of connectivity is the way to do it. And the tools that we provide, you know, including access to all marketing materials and this real time pricing update and the ability to know kind of where you're coming out in the end incentivizes people to participate. It's kind of the handshake with the public. Hey, look, we're giving you the the fair shake and opportunity. Come on and play and you're going to like what you see.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you uh, giving it to the retail investor and in providing education, everything that they have for you that you would be looking at it if you were an accredited investor and getting the opportunity. That's what we all want. We just want an opportunity to go ahead and play on an equal playing field. So I appreciate you coming on today and talking about Clearing Bid. I'll go ahead and make sure that I throw up here a link. If you guys want to go ahead and check out Clearing Bid, I just threw up the link to the website and we'll definitely have you back on, Matt. Appreciate you coming on.
2: Thanks. Great to see you, Mitch. Thanks so much. Good luck with everything. Doing a great job. Appreciate
0: it. Have a good one, Matt. All right. There you guys have our second interview. And definitely, I think it's an important aspect to have, right? I mean, there's so many companies that a lot of the time are awesome companies that are private and are going towards the IPO process, but we don't get access until when? Well, by the time it's already hit the newsstands and its stock is ripping up a couple of hundred points away from where other investors got the opportunity, that's what we want. We just want that opportunity to get in there and make our own decision before we're getting, of course, to these open markets and finding some new price discovery. We'll see what happens there. Of course, clear and bid, and you guys can check it out for yourself. Throw up the link, and let's go back to the markets and see what we see right now uh there's the 367.50s. now it looks like we're starting to try to hold towards it will we get the little break you guys see here on the 15 minute chart couple of times we've pushed up here and rejected so let's see what happens now do we get towards the 368 and start pushing back of course the number i think that's an important one to watch if we can get through this 368 would be going towards the 380s Of course, that way we can start building some sideways action on the SPY, which wouldn't be bad, really. I mean, I think we all could use some sideways action versus this swing up, swing down, swing up, swing down. But we'll have to keep watch to see what happens in the market. Looks like you guys are talking about steel, uh, some steel stocks in the chat. I'll definitely cover those before we get out of here. Let's take a look here. All right. So you guys are talking about X and Cleveland Cliff. I see you guys talking about it in the chat. So let me take a look there how it's been trading. It's been kind of going sideways here for a while now. And I think if you pull up the hourly, you're going to see that kind of sideways action. But it's been holding 19s on pullbacks, 18.75. Now can we get a real push through 20? I think that's the important level to kind of watch here because if you could get that push through 20, you're going to have that outlook to get through the 20.50 and then really start driving. That would be a drive towards the next Price point around uh, 21 is where I could see it going to. It's going to be all dependent on how a lot of these steel stocks come. I mean, look at Nucor and look at the bounce that it's had recently. It did bounce back. Can these actually continue some lift? It's going to be hard to watch. Coal stocks have been doing great. I will say that BTU continuing on the run right now. Can it get a next level rip on the daily going towards a 52-week high? that we got back in April Um, and off the, what, the 15th, the 14th, really close to that on the 18th of Monday on April. Will we get back there to the 30s? That's what I'd keep watch on BTU. All right. Uh, Oh, man, Fubo, man, there's still – you guys out there still trying to pump that Fubo? I see a lot of people trying to pump that Fubo recently, and it looks like, uh, yeah, you're getting some attention, but where's the rip? Where's the rip? I've been waiting for it. (laughs) No news on Fubo. All right, keep going. Uh, DraftKings, uh, did someone talking about that? Let's take a look there, how DraftKings is doing right now. Looks like it's sideways back towards the 13s, and that's not a good sign there for DraftKings. I think you're going to have some concerns Uh, In the long run, because of recessions, I think you might even get back there towards the 11. I don't know about DraftKings here. It's in the middle of nowhere land for me, and it does have some support underneath it, but it could easily go back towards 11. We'll see what happens there. All right, that's going to do it for me. Like always, team, you guys can stay up with me. At at the close, we're going to continue going into the market action. That's at 3.30. Don't miss that, team. Do want to see you guys over there with Joel and as we take a look at all the market action and what stocks caught the tape. We'll see what happened there. There's no bull flag on DraftKings. Yeah, I don't see no bull flag on DraftKings there. Um, Yeah, I I, I wouldn't uh, see that. I mean, I see what they're trying to show you right there. They're trying to show you this, this kind of move here. I'll show you it. This is what they're saying, Jay, is a flag pattern, but I, I wouldn't necessarily draw that as the flag. You can see it there, kind of a decline in wedge, kind of going sideways on the intraday action, but really needs to kind of make that lift. And I just don't know that they're going to have the catalyst to really continue this move. And, of course, the NFL football season did give it some lift, but has it continued that lift? Nope, I don't think so. And take a look at Penn. Penn is one that you want to keep on watch. If you can see Penn actually rip, then maybe we can actually make that next leg up. But for right now, Penn has just kind of been going a little up, sideways, and still not getting out of the funk that it's been. And if you look at the monthlies, the monthly will show you how that sideways action hasn't really had a big push. All right, that's going to do it for me. Like always, I'll see you guys on At The Close. Hit the thumbs up. We had a great show today. We talked a lot on what was going on in the uk china news that you got to keep on watch bank of America plunk went into the uh, agreements today the acquisitions we also talked about roblox mastercard getting into the crypto trading platform uh sharing it trying to launch a program with banks trying to help them with regulatory compliance and security. And of course, UBS with the big, bold call out there of 2982 by year's end on the S&P 500. We'll have to wait and see to see if UBS, Barclays, and Jamie Dimon, uh, Morgan, JP Morgan's Jamie Diamond, which one will be right. They're stating about 20% down still to go. We'll have to wait and see and find out. See you next time, team, and definitely stay up with us. We'll be back at 3:30 with none other than at the close with Joel L. Conan. I'll see you guys there.